Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about Doolittle, Steve, and we have part two of our interview with Paul Minter from the charity Head Up. Welcome, one and all, to The Kindness Project on this fine, fine day, evening, night, afternoon. Well, we're actually recording in the morning this morning, We're recording we? in the morning, yes. So, so we are, we've up, it's a Saturday morning, I don't know what time you're listening to this, uh, or what day, but it's a Saturday morning, bright and early, uh, and Rias isn't happy, because I'm joined by a man who uh, normally has a lay-in, but I put him out of bed, because we had to record a podcast, it's Rias of Dames. And we're joined by a man who was almost replaced by a dog. <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I, I literally, I was making the coffee, ready to record the podcast. Come back. The dog is sitting in my podcasting chair. What is going on? Now, you could argue, listeners, that that would be a fine choice in the kindness project to replace me with uh, with a dog. And I've got to be frank, I wouldn't disagree. Um, uh, Raz, what do you think about replacing me with a dog? I think it was a much better view than I've got now. <laughs> Oh, charming. Absolutely charming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that I'm, I'm sure there's a niche somewhere in the world where somebody just likes listening to dogs. So we might Well, I mean dogs are cute. We we for we, an audio format uh, for, for an audio format not so much. Um but yeah. we could advertise at crafts, couldn't we? We could. We could. I wonder if there is a niche just for a dog podcast. Yeah. I'm just dogs barking. Me and Dexter could talk all day, you know, like just... What do you talk about, Janet? I mostly just respond to whatever he's talking <laughs> about, you know. So what does he, how does he spark the conversation? Woof. Woof. Uh, right, right, he yeah. starts with woof, right? Go on, and what happens next? I just go, right, yeah, I understand. I have, and he starts barking, and I go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very valid point, and I, I get I get this this thing you, you've got, but look, and then he just barks back, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a... These tiles are going to write themselves. That's going to be cornmeal <laughs> for a start. <laughs> do you ever talk to your... Do you ever, do you ever long, full-blown intellectual conversations with your dog, right? Well... No. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I know. I, know, I, I, I can tell what Raz is thinking there. And what Raz just did there is well known as the thought of something funny to say, um, but they decided that it was too controversial to say it. That's yeah, right, was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because <laughs> he went, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, no, definitely not. No. That was amazing. Um, and can I just say today, um, you you absolutely slated me for my question of the podcast this week. I did. You didn't think it was going to be a good question of the podcast. Yeah. But even because uh, we've already published this question online on our social media channels, we know that the response has been amazing to it already. I said to point out, though, you did find me a glow the following day. I did. <laughs> I had to, because I, 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 it, it was less gloating, more shock that actually um, uh, it had gone down as well as it as as well as it did. So the question of the podcast, very simply, who's, who's your, your favourite Steve? Steve? 
Who's your favourite Steve? Um, who's your favourite Steve? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've got a favourite Steve. I think Steve is a dying name. Controversial. Steve's a dying name. I, oh, I don't, I don't know anyone my age named Steve. No. No, what I'd like to know how many listeners we've got called Steve that we've just offended. No, I'm what, just, cause, cause I'm Charlotte not saying said Steve's a dying I'm name. I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad name. I'm just saying it's not very common anymore. Your name's what? no longer relevant. Don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's your name? Steve. You don't matter anymore. <laughs> I mean, this is like... Oh, you're one of them. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. you're one of them. Oh, you're a Steve, are you? Like, it's going to get to the point you can tell someone's age by their name. But, they, I mean, there's so a lot that, of that. That's always it? been the case, yeah. though. Yeah, it? I think Steve's True. one of those names that's not as common anymore. It's like, it fell out of fashion, like like Gertrude or... Like Adam was called... Sorry, Mike. you've just compared the name Steve, which is a perfectly popular boy's name of a particular generation. To what name? Gertrude. Gertrude. It was a perfectly popular girl's name of a generation. True. But not anymore. True. Hyacinths. I don't know where I don't know where I, the Hyacinths has gone. Huh? We had a name called Maud. Maud. Yeah. Well, oh, that's, Maud there's, anymore, a, there's a good poem about a a a Maud a Maud Claire. I like that poem. Sorry, we just had Charlotte there just on a podcast going, a mold, a mold, a mold, a mold. No, it's a poem I like. A mold. And then she just goes, Claire. <laughs> a mold. At least she hasn't slated our listeners called mold. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think about the name mold, though? I have, I've never met someone called mold. Never met a mold. Never met a mold. I've met a mold. So have I. You know what? It's lucky because our granddad writes and um, Charlotte's great granddad, who she did meet, but um, uh, never can't remember, I'd imagine. There's there's a there's a photo of uh, uh, granddad at Ch- Charlotte's christening. Um, yeah. and, and he was, you know, uh, he was in his late 80s by then, but um, uh, lobbied to call Charlotte Albertina. Oh, um, they wanted to call Kayda as well. <laughs> they did give it up then, didn't they? Uh, generation by generation. Right? When, when, when's this going to catch on? Mummy used to tell me the story that he wanted to call Kayda as well. What, Albertina? Yeah, Albertina, yeah. So so how it would was... you feel if you... Oh, you've got quite a sort of mainstream name now, Charlotte. <clears throat> Um, what how would you feel if you had a dead name like Steve? Because <coughs> you might have been called Albertina. I'd be unique. Unique. See, this is the thing. Are Steve unique, unique now? Yeah, exactly. Steve's are becoming more and more unique of a certain generation. I'm not saying that being a Steve is bad. I'm just saying, oh, that's not a name you hear anymore, is it? Well, I, I know a few and far between, but I've met a few Russes lately. Have you? What Russes have yeah. you met? Russ Hayworth. Good Russ is an, a legend. Russ, sorry, like... we need to explain to our podcast listeners. We uh, we also, uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener, uh, run a financial planning business in uh, East London. And Russ Hayworth is a legendary guy. Check out his podcast, particularly if you run a family business. Uh, it's called the 
It's called the Family Business Podcast. And I've got to say, probably my favourite Russ. <laughs> what? I can't be away. <laughs> what other rice is you met? Hey, manager diary. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. Second favourite. Uh Russell Brand's another popular yeah, rice. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of them lately. Russell Howard. Russell Howard, one. good name. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming back into fashion now. It, it, well, it's not really Russ, because Russell Brand Russell... for it, but well, the problem is, Russell Brand, Russ Hayworth, and Russell Howard are all in their late thirties and forties. So, uh, I've got a feeling yeah, that, like Steve, yeah, but, but the trouble with naming is, people name their kids on what they see on tennis, <laughs> other than Apple and Pear or whatever it is, which and, they've, just, they've just raided the fruit jar for that. <laughs> That's what you do. I'm what I'm. If, what if, if we if we ever have another child, which we won't, um, I'm going to name name that child, regardless of it being a boy or girl, Banana Plum Dames. That's what I'm oh, going for. No, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. What? You got a name it Courgette. Courgette. No, there's a there's more of a middle name. Banana Plum Courgette Apricot Arugula. Dames. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, uh, and then yeah, there was that there was that fad a little while back, wouldn't it? To name them after the city you conceived in. Well, um, no comment. Um, anyway, on yeah. that note, yeah. let, let, let's. I was going to tell the uh, I was going to tell the story about how Charlotte was almost called Cape Town Dames, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that note, let's move on very quickly. Uh, tell us who your favourite Steve is using the following channels. On Twitter, we're at Ola Kindness. On Facebook, you can find this project into the search bar. You can't see my typing motions, but I am totally doing it. Please imagine it in your head. Um, we should come up as the first one. If you want to find us on Google, just put the Kindness Project podcast into the search bar. We should come up at the top, right at the top, because we are actually not, uh, no, uh, we're not uh, no names anymore. We've got some no names. We're not no names anymore. We're, we're consequential is the word. We've got a small amount of notoriety. No, no, we're no, notorious. Like the name Steve, we're notorious. <laughs> uh, and if you want to avoid all the faff of going through Google, www.kindnessproject.co.uk. And on the kindnessproject.co.uk, you can find every single of uh, one of the 235 episodes we've um, already published. Can you believe we've published that many? This, it's a lot, this, this episode makes 236. It does. So, so if you want to find our, email us, uh, get in touch without going through the faff of finding it on the website, it's all at thekindnessproject.co.uk. Uh, and if you want to find us anywhere else, please get in touch and maybe we can be found another way yeah um, i mean we we get another dimension we get emails tweets all sorts of stuff all the time so we love to hear from our listeners and uh people who have sort of worked with us as guests and stuff in the past we are always looking for really amazing people to interview as well so yeah. if you if you know somebody who would really um uh, uh effectively the rule is listeners that um it, as long as um we've got somebody with 
uh, an amazing story to share about something they've done brilliantly in the world. We'd Keep love it to yourself. Them. Sorry? Keep it to yourself. <laughs> if, if, if you've got an amazing story about you doing something brilliant in the world, don't show off, mate. Leave <laughs> no. Let us know and we'll we'll be able to share it. Uh, Right, we're going to do one kindness news today. um, And um, that kindness news is we couldn't find the page we're looking for, (laughs) producer Russ. What is going on with that piece of news? Um, Oh, no. Now, this is a really important one because I'm hoping to have the guys behind the story as a guest soon. Um, please, please come and join us. Because um, uh, we have we have been introduced by a previous guest of ours, um, uh, who, who's a legend in himself. So we're hoping that the guys from uh, the kindest shop in Carlisle come and have a chat with us. Who's the kindest? Uh, so um, let's talk about that. The world's first pop-up shop where our items are bought with acts of kindness, opening Carlisle this week. The kindest shop on Paternoster Row, looked like any other high street store with a range of stylish items, featuring everything from barbecues to garden garden chairs and hampers. The only difference was that to pay for items, shoppers just needed to show some kindness by volunteering a suggested number of hours at one of the local charities on offer. Customers at the Carlisle shop uh, promised over 200 hours of time to local cha- charities, many of whom had never been involved in volunteering previously. And when added to the Dumfries kind of pop-up, over 600 hours have been pledged to help out cha- charities. The Cumberland Building Site is promoting the project as, as part of its campaign to promote kindness. Desmore, Chief Executive, executive of the Cumberland said we're changing the purpose of our company our purpose was to make a positive difference in the lives of the community's customers and colleagues now this is really important I think because you know one of uh, we I speak about this in my sort of in the world of work all the time one of the most important things I think is yes delivering a service that's valuable and important to your clients and customers but doing a bit of good in the world as well yeah. and I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive no, no. you can definitely do good things and still do things at the same time like it doesn't have to limit you just to be do good things oh. um and and doing good things and making a profit so that you can support your own family life and business um, is certainly something that we can all do. So um, I'm glad that uh, Desmond, Chief Executive of the Cumberland, is looking at that. Over the last few years, society has evolved, said Des, and we wanted to change our purpose. Our new purpose is to create a banking experience, which is kinder to both the people and the planet. Uh, and and a kinder experience. Kindness is not something you normally associate with banking, so we're trying to draw that out of people. We can believe we can take the idea of kindness from Cumbria and spread it around the UK. Charities taking part include the British Health Foundation, Shelter, Acorn Bank, Oak Tree Animals Charity, Cumbria Deaf Association, and West Cumbria Rivers Trust. Organiser Helen Statham, Director of Intro PR, said we wanted to do something big and what a better way to be kind than giving away a lot of amazing things and support a load of charities in the process the first customer was sarah uh, tally of wigton who just happened to be walking down 
Patton on the road as the shop opened. She walked away with a table and chairs, bistro set for a garden, a bird box and some uh, relishes. But Sarah will be paying for these good goodies by volunte volunteering for 24 hours with Age UK, Anti-Racist Cumbria and English Heritage. This was my lucky day. I didn't know it was happening. Couldn't believe when I was told all these lovely things were free. I'm a bit of a history nerd, so working with English Heritage is ideal. And I hadn't heard of Anti-Racist Cumbria, so I'm really looking forward to working with them. This is such a nice idea to give some back time back to the community. It's a great idea, isn't yeah. it? Love it. Elizabeth Johnson was also thrilled with her bargain. It's a beautiful plant and lovely stand. Four hours of volunteering for Age UK. That's absolutely nothing. The kind of shop will be popping up in Kendall on Friday in Fingal Street between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. If you're in that area, be sure to check that out. And I love that idea. And on that note, we let's move on to, to the interview. To the interview. Uh, this week's interview is the second part of our interview with Paul Minter from the charity Head Up. Uh, Paul's an amazing guy, currently running around the UK uh, to fundraise. Do we know where he is at the moment? Is he got like a tracker? Well, he's past us. He's, he's sort of there is a tracker on the Head Up website. And if you if you follow uh, Paul on all of his socials, which we put with the um, show notes on the interview on the kindnessproject.co.uk, um, you'll be able to track Paul and find out where he is currently. But Charlotte is moving fast. I mean, I was going to go out for a run with him, um, and then because I had a busy few days, uh, checked and he'd already run past, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to do it. So. If you are a runner, it's a perfect opportunity to support Paul by going out for a run with him and keeping him company along his journey. Um, but certainly worth uh, taking a look at the amazing work he's doing and sponsoring it um, if you feel it's appropriate for you. Uh, let's get on the, with the second part of the interview. Because I'd imagine the principles that apply, the, the, the principles you're teaching to people in the forces, even though it is designed to tackle, as you say on the website, things like PZSD and stuff like that, they're principles that potentially apply to people in civilian life as well, right? Every single person can use them. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're not creating anything new. We're just taking stuff that's already out there and just giving people the awareness, the Mind knowledge. Work. Yeah. That's it, yeah. And um, it's stuff that I've used in my past. Some stuff I haven't used, I'm looking forward to, to, to uh, implementing it into my life. But, you know, I, I've personally helped dozens and dozens of people that have been in a bad place. And I just simply give them a few, give them a, a bit of understanding as to, let's start, what are you doing throughout the day? You're sitting indoors normally, they sit indoors all day. All right, let's go and stand outside the front door. Yeah. Yeah, get some fresh air, go for a little walk somewhere. Let's do a bit of journaling. Let's get stuff off your head, a journey at night. Let's do a bit of visualization of where you want to be in the future. Yeah. Um, talk about like animal therapy. Let's hang around with animals for a little while. It's amazing what how animals can help people. Oh, you know um, what? Charlotte loves that, don't you? What? You love a bit of animals there, it would be. Oh, yeah. If I, I have a bad day, go and open dogs. <laughs> you know what? Dogs yeah. are amazing for your mental health. Did you, you made friends at your college because of the dogs, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, because they have a, a dog that comes in every Monday and just sits at the reception. And you just like large groups of people. And they had this thing where they had... Like, I think they were pug puppies. Oh, um, amazing. And everyone that was on, like, their list of 
students who have potential mental health problems got to go and sit with the puppy. Hug a pug. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Hug a pug day. Yeah, so you said you're trying to raise three million at the moment. Now that's going to last you two years, did you say? Well, it's, it's for the development of the, tr- the retreat, and it's to just to make sure that we've got two years of fun running in the bag. That's it, and then we, then we will just we, what we're doing with businesses. We're saying to them, "Can you donate a certain amount um, for five years, say for example?" And yeah. many have many have already agreed to that. But then we can. There's lots and lots of different avenues you can get money for, and keep. once we once we prove what we're doing, um, and it's working, it's helping. You know, we, we really want to start sending teams out into the armed forces, head up teams, to go and then teach these methods on a wider scale. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they can then fund us. They've got they've got the, the funding to do that. Um, so it's, it's all about just one one step at a time at the moment. Let's get two million or three million even. Let's make sure that the retreat is developed. Let's get it working and let's yeah. show people. And then sort of expand it from there and try and get the message more widespread. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I suppose, I mean, that one step at a time thing is what you describe in terms of the journey towards positive mental health, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, as you say, you know, if you've been inside for too long, let's just take that first step and just go for a walk. You know, it doesn't need to be anything particularly um, adventurous. I mean, we'll talk about adventure because I am in awe of your of your of your massive running ability. I, I can I can do a slow marathon, Paul, but uh, I'm not running around the country anytime soon. But that that bite sized chunk, you know, like just trying stuff on a incremental basis is probably the way to go, right? Absolutely, it really is. And when we look um, to the to the end of something, so it could be. But like you say, I, I, I want to do a marathon, and some people go, "Oh, too much." You're thinking, you're looking at the end product. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much in between there. Yeah. Don't just go for a run, you know. Just, just like go, do, do go a mile, walk, or do, do a mile, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that incremental steps is really important. Do you want to ask about the? Oh yeah, so um, you've mentioned the run, and Dad's mentioned the run a couple of times. So actually, like, what are you actively doing, like? Tell, tell us about sort yeah, of the, yeah run around the coast of the UK. So I'm running around the whole coastline of England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Isle of Wight, and Isle of Man, which has never been done before. Not all of them. You know, you know what? You've missed out too many islands, Paul. This is like, come on, what? Where's the Outer Hebrides? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is an impressive feat, mate. Honestly. Yes, yeah, so I'm doing it in seven months. So I'm averaging about 31 miles a day at the moment. Amazing. And that, that, that's six that uh, six days out of seven. So about today's my seventh day, which is always a godsend, and I'm on a, a bit of a rest day. And um, but yeah, so I, I, but the run isn't about me; it's about the charity. I'm flying the flag. I've got a four foot flag that I fly around with. Hundreds and hundreds of people join me. If, it, yeah. if it's for a mile, if it's for a day, two days, whatever they want to do, they come and join me on a bike or they run. Um, I, I also I don't go, I never go home, so everything I've got is in my bag. Um, and I run around with it. So it's about 10 kilograms worth of kit I run around with as well. And I stay with different people every evening. Yeah. I've, hardly, I've hardly ever stayed with someone that I've known. Uh, so I get to meet new people, spread the word, make it's connections. It's interesting, isn't it? Like that that ability to just say, I'm doing this. And I, you know, one, of, one of the things that we talk about quite a lot uh, on the Kynich Project 
is how given the opportunity people are generally good have you found that in terms of sort of the the experience and on the run so far i've come into contact with thousands of people thousands so far and i've not had one bad experience yeah like people hear about what i'm doing they see the flag they they ask what it's all about and they're just everyone's got a story everyone's got a mental health story because we all have mental health and even if they've got one that they want to talk about themselves they know someone and um i've had for example yesterday i was on a run and i came from hull all the way down to grimsby and uh, a lovely couple um got on a motorbike and rode all the way in from york so over 50 miles just to say well done and you're doing a great job and then rode back home again love it love it what the end point where, 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 where are you finishing so Liverpool I started in Liverpool okay um, and I'm going, I go clockwise just hugging the coast, coastline as much as possible so I've gone all around Scotland all northwest of England all around Scotland I've done I've just finished in northeast of England I'm, like I said, I'm, in, I'm in the east coast now um, and I, once I finish I go once I go I go to England and um, Wales I go over to Northern Ireland and I go to Isle of Man and I finish my last 5k to finish back at my, my start point back in Liverpool but Liverpool's Liverpool, a great place to start and finish though what a city to, to, to do that why did you pick Liverpool as your start point? Uh, because I wanted to hit the, the south of England which is where I've got a lot of support from the military I wanted to hit them during the um, the summer and there's a lot of people down there so I think we're going to get a, a lot of um, support down there and also Scotland's a nice one to kind of get on, get out of the way first. It's very it's all over the place in terrain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I know I know you ran through our growth because uh my wife's mum and dad live up there, my in-laws live up there. And um uh, I I had an experience in February where I was up watching the football, I was watching our growth with Cassie's dad, and it's the closest ground to the sea in the country. Um it it wasn't a particularly pleasant experience, to be honest, Paul. I'm used to like just having a, being a bit warmer at football matches, not wearing about 27 layers in February just to just to keep warm. And, and on that note, I, what, what I'd be interested in knowing is is what has been the best and the worst experiences you've had on the road so far. Um, yes, well, lots of people joining me. That's been fantastic. I've had yeah. everything from a young girl at 12 years old. She came out of a dad. She really, she wanted to come and run. So she came out of a dad and she um, ended up running 14 miles. At 12 as well. She'd only ever done like three or four miles before. And 14 because she was enjoying it that much. Yeah. It was great. And then a few days later, I actually ran with a gentleman who's 74 years old called Rob. He came and he, he dusted off his trainers after what 14 years I think he said he's just done two miles of me and, and right. that, that, that was in the northeast of Scotland and it just turned and I asked him where his accent was from and he's from Ilford and I'm from East Ham and <laughs> it was unbelievable yeah amazing to be all that way from home and like just have somebody who's on your doorstep and what's been the, the worst bit has injuries been and has it been fine in terms of that or has there, have there been bits where it's been quite lonely you know tell, tell us a bit about that so injury wise um my I haven't. I mean, I get aches and pains. I'm, I'm just one constant pain in the leg. That's never going to go. Right. But, but when I got to Scotland, to Gretna, which was the first place to, as you enter Scotland on the southwest coast, um, I slipped in the shower and cracked two ribs. Oh, so, no. 
That wasn't very nice. I've had no running injuries. I've just had a silly, <laughs> silly slip. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was, that was difficult. Yeah. 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 After uh, after everything you've been through in the forces as well, to slip in the shower. But yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's not. So that was part two. We've got part three next week, Russ. We have, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Russ, come talk to me. Um, uh, let's get on with the end of the show. Here's the end of another podcast. The end is never true. The end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. And I just saw Dad subconsciously reaching for his mug as I said, "Tis the end." And I think that's a sign of how brilliant these mugs are. I can't see the end. I can't see the bottom yet because I'm still halfway through my coffee. Right. A few, um, few answers to last week's question, which is, what's the best European city you've visited? Um, Kevin Hull said, best small city, Porto, not been there. Large city, Barcelona, have been there, loved it. Barcelona's nice. Phil, Phil Fitzgibbon said, probably Barcelona, maybe Amsterdam. Carol Hussey said, Barcelona, Barcelona's increasingly popular. Andrew Elliott said, Venice. Steve Dan said Barcelona and Rome. Stacey Keane said Maastricht, which is an interesting choice. She could move there. David Crozier said Split in Croatia, although Porto and Barcelona are up there. Nick Champion said European cities don't do much for me. You can walk, you can only walk over so many bridges in a day, although Dublin would probably stand out. New York is the biggest city I've ever been to. And I'll go back tomorrow in a heartbeat. You've, you stumbled over props, didn't you? Props, yeah. That probably props, props, probably. <laughs> um, Elliot Kay said Dubrovnik. I like Dubrovnik. Or Rome. Mike Christie said Barcelona and Liverpool. Um, Steve Chilton loved Prague. Um, we're over to Prague in we're a couple of weeks. Prague. I've been to Prague. Prague's a good city. Sharon Hur said Porto. Uh, Clive Gell said Benadol. <laughs> like beer and uh, fry up to Clive. Um, Toby Epson said Barcelona. Oh, Vienna uh, means does not mean nothing to me. And on that note, that's the end of another podcast. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you on the show soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.